The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Broadcasting live from a dark corner of my basement where the kids can't find me. It is quiet and I have a good Wi-Fi signal. Welcome to 4th and John, episode 121, the emergency podcast because you know exactly why we're here. It's hurts again. It's the hurts apocalypse. Yesterday, the Philadelphia Eagles with their second round pick do something completely unexpected, and throw a complete grenade into Eagles Nation. We're going to get right into it. We don't want to waste any time. I've got my co-host, Mr. Gail Saunders, Eagle Sessions on Twitter, uh, on the other microphone. Gail, please, 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 somehow, some way, explain this decision by Howie Roseman to bring in a quarterback when we have Carson Wentz. Explain this to me. I'm, I'm still hurting. <laughs> I'm trying to come from emotion, uh, first and foremost. Uh, the pick that when it came in, I sat down and and actually thought. Uh, I I think Tim had, was on the on the on the feed with us, and he he had mentioned it five like about probably about two minutes before the pick. I said you got you know he, I thought it was fake. I said stop you know stop tweeting fake stuff. Like we're trying to really get the pick right here, and I think collectively we we can all sit here and. You can't make sense of it, you know. You you know me, right? Mm-hmm. You know I I tell you the truth, in terms of uh, value of uh, draft selections. It, this this pick actually broke my heart, and <laughs> oh, <laughs> but man. you know I'm 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 gonna try and sit here and give you some like, you know, some some realness, some positivity from it, something to take away, right? <laughs> I mean, if you're if you're forcing me here, so I mean, in terms of. Because give, give, give me what, policy, give me one reason policy. why it can work. Here's what I want. Give me one reason why it can work. Because I can give you a billion reasons why it doesn't work. And we're going to get into all of them. But I want to start, you know me, I know you. I want to start the show off with something positive. Like like look at the good before you look at the bad. Glasses half full, not half okay. empty. Okay, I'll so give th- you some positive. Okay, I'll give you some okay. positive. Okay. Okay. You, know, you know I always tell you, uh, your team is only only as good as your depth. That's something I've always said over the years uh, when looking at our, our quality of our, our backup quarterback. Um, you look, la- look at last season. Uh, it might not have been the, you know, he had a, a solid veteran. Um, do, do they think Carson Wentz uh, could be injury prone or, you know, he hasn't finished a couple of seasons? 
um, all the way through. They look at Jalen Hurts as, in, they said it, insurance policy. Uh, could he be a guy for them to develop? Potentially. Um, uh, you know, I, I feel like, you know, he comes from a, you know, he, a great pedigree. I mean, he, he was a Heisman runner-up. He, he played with Bama. He won a, a national championship with Bama. Um, good locker room guy. Went to Oklahoma. Didn't, you know, or, or when he lost his job to Tua, didn't bitch and moan. Uh, he took it on the chin when Tua came in. And, uh, they, they sat him for, uh, for Tua. Um, he, but he's a great locker room guy. Um, you know, when he was in Oklahoma, he didn't, uh, you know, when he was, uh, you know, he, he never, it never was about winning the Heisman or anything. It was about winning championships. I, I think the versatility of a, uh, you know, a quarterback that can a dual threat is an idea where they, if they're trying to think of some kind of role, they could put him into the offense in, in a, you know, a dual threat role or, you know, play action type <laughs> or, you know, the RPO game, you know, he, he could definitely take off and scoot if you're thinking of taking advantage of his athleticism, but you know, that, that's the best. That is really the best thing that I can give yeah. you. Gail, I got, I, I'll, I'll tell you, I love you, buddy, but you're not selling me on it. And, and, and not for nothing. I know <laughs> I, I, I try to sell you on it. Man. I, I know I, you're not sold on it. And this is what I do. This is what I do, right? I'm, I'm, I have a marketing degree. I'm in sales. So whenever I have a situation in front of me, whenever I have an idea, the first thing I do is sell myself on it, right? Because if I can't sell myself on it, I can't sell anybody else on it. Nobody's going to believe me if I don't believe me. Even if it's a bad idea, I say, okay, E, here's what you, sell me on it. Find all the positives, negatives, spin them in the positives, sell me on it. Try to sell, sell, sell. And I can't sell myself on this idea absolutely what none whatsoever. First of all, what sort of message is this supposed to send to your franchise quarterback that for the last two years, post-Super Bowl, you have tried to make this situation in the roster, in the locker room, and on the field completely comfortable for the kid to prove to him that he's your guy? You let Nick Foles walk. You let Nick Foles go in free agency. You franchise tag him. You tried to trade him. You knew you weren't going to get any value. You knew you, were, you, knew you had to let him walk. Why? Because... Carson Wentz just came off of a season where he was pressing, where he felt the pressure. He had to live up to Nick Foles' Super Bowl MVP ghost living behind him the entire time, constantly looking for the big play, not taking the check down. It's affecting his mental ability to see the field, this pressure that he's putting himself in. Not only that... He's worried about getting injured again and having Nick Foles come in like Superman behind him and take them to the playoffs, which lo and behold ended up happening again after the Super Bowl anyway. They let Nick Foles walk. They brought in additional weapons for your free agency for him. They had last year's draft was an offensive heavy draft. You drafted the left tackle of the future. You drafted Miles Sanders. Here you go, Carson. Here's some web. We're building around you. This is the message that you're sending this kid. We are building around you. You sign him to that fat ass contract. At the time, the most, the most guaranteed money to a quarterback in NFL history. You get ahead of that before guys like Dak Prescott. 
before other quarterbacks get their contract. You make sure you pay Carson Wentz so he goes into last season not having to look over his shoulder with new weapons to play with, with the mindset that they're building around him and him alone, and you paid, bro. You paid. So you basically took the quarterback controversy that was Nick Foles completely out of the equation, and what did you do in the second round this draft? You just threw a grenade in the locker room, you threw a grenade in, in, in front of Eagles Nation, but you threw a grenade in the relationship between Carson Wentz and the Philadelphia Eagles by manifesting another contraback, quarterback controversy. Why? Because you think you're some sort of factory now? Really? I mean, the QB factory quote alone, you know, we, we're, we're, this is a team that's trying to build championships. I don't give a shit about developing quarterbacks. What is this? I, so- I, 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 I am concerned with developing Where their heads championships. At? There's no way you say QB factory. I mean, what are we doing, man? I mean, you look at Carson Wentz in his face and say, hey, we're trying to get you weapons. There's, there's other weapons that you can add to the piece of the puzzle. There's depth players. There's possible cornerbacks that could be starters. Again, we, we talk about making mistakes, and they keep piling on each other, on each other next year. You you fucked up on the Clayton Thorson pick last year. Yeah. We're, we're now in the next year's draft, drafting another quarterback in the second round because you messed up on the, the Clayton Thorson pick, which, which, again, we all didn't agree on. Um. And by the, by the by the by the way, Gail, that was a fifth round pick. We were yeah, furious. We were furious last year for them wasting quote unquote as I do it in air quotes, wasting a fifth round pick on a quarterback. The dude didn't even make the roster. And, and this is the thing. Well, even like I I could see taking a quarterback in the fifth round. Sure. To develop. Sure. But pick the right quarterback. I mean, Minshew is the starting quarterback for the Jaguars because they picked him late and they developed him into a starting quarterback. Russell Wilson was drafted in the third round as a developmental quarterback, not in the second round. Nick Foles was was drafted as a developmental quarterback in the third round. Uh, These are, I just, there was was players on the board to be had. And if you look at Carson Wentz's face and say it to his face, like, you know, we're gonna draft a backup for you in the second round. When there's talent on the board, did you see Miles Sanders' face when he was alive when the pick happened? I I, was, I did not. He was I trying did to, not. His face was trying to do damage control. Um, yeah. I I mean, you pointed out all the players that could have been picked that were I'm sorry that were picked after the Jalen Hurts pick, and you flashed it up on the screen during the live stream, and you said, "Look at all these players that were picked. Any one of these individuals would have made an in- immediate impact and saw a lot of field time." For the Philadelphia Eagles, not only next year, but that three-year window that Howie Roseman continued to talk about, they would have been contributors to the team right now. What sort of messages send to Carson Wentz when they're more concerned about getting his backup or his plan B or somebody in case he shits the bed or gets gets hurt again or maybe even retires, a theory that I'll get to in a second? What does that say to Carson Wentz when we're not going to continue to surround 
talent around you so that you can be successful, but rather draft your replacement in case you aren't. You are in essence betting for Car. You are betting on Carson Wentz to lose. You are telling him you are betting. We are betting on you to get hurt. We are betting on you to fail. We are betting on you to lose. That's why we're giving ourselves an insurance policy. That's why we're calling you up on the phone before. Before the draft, letting you know that, listen, bro, uh, you know, quarterback has always been a priority for the Philadelphia Eagles. And I want to circle it back around to the to the factory comment. Because after Howie Roseman said this, I had to watch the press conference last night, and I damn near punched a hole in the wall. I College or, or quarterback factory, I'm not sure what kind of college bullshit you're on, but that doesn't work in the NFL. I don't understand. What what sort of Willy Wonka shit is this when you want to create a factory of quarterbacks? And somebody thinks very highly of themselves. Let's be honest here. If they the Philadelphia Eagles think of themselves as a quarterback factory, they are thinking awfully high of themselves. Because let's go down it. Let's go down the quarterbacks that they have drafted in the last decade. Clayton Thorson, fifth round pick, didn't even see didn't even see the roster. Complete waste of a fifth-round pick. Let's look at Carson Wentz. You hit on that. Congratulations. You moved up. You got him. He was the prospect that you wanted. Uh, let's go down. Oh, Matt Barkley? Matt Barkley in the fourth-round pick? What did he ever amount to as a fourth-round pick uh, that that qualifies you as a quarterback factory? Let's go down again. Oh, Nick Foles. Okay. Your Super Bowl MVP. Let us not forget that Nick Foles was, in essence, a trade piece and a journeyman before he came back to Philadelphia. So while you want to take credit for Nick Foles, and you can to some extent, just keep in mind this is the same guy that you traded for Sam Bradford, who then in turn you traded because Carson Wentz was good. So all right, I'll, I'll, I'll give you two. You hit on two of them. Who else that you got? Uh, Nick Foles. Let's go down to uh, let's go down to 2010 and stop there. Mike Kafka in the fourth round. So out of all those quarterbacks that I just mentioned, one guy never even saw the active roster. Matt Barkley has been a journeyman since, never had an impact on the team. Mike Kafka never had an impact on the team. And the one Super Bowl MVP you already traded away and let go. And now you're drafting a backup quarterback in the second round for the quarterback that you're hanging your hat on and you want to look me in the eye and tell me that you're a quarterback factory. Get the entire fuck out of here with that. Yeah. I mean, that feeling that, you know, if I don't know how, you know, I don't know how all how old all our Eagle fans are out there, but if you y'all remember watching the the draft when the Eagles drafted Kevin Cobb um when we had McNabb um, it, it's kind of definitely like the same feeling to me because uh, you're wondering why why are they not putting the quarterback uh, in, in a place to succeed when there's weapons on the board. I mean, I mean, a guy like Mims was on the board. There's there was there's players out there that could be had. Like if you're talking about developing a, a tackle, Josh Jones, uh, swing swing tackle from Houston was on the board. Uh, a Cushenberry from LSU could have. A guy with guard, maybe center, center versatility. Uh, Matt Hennessy from Temple, another center. Like you're talking about, like guys that could contribute and develop um, right away, um, or actually have an opportunity to strengthen the offensive line, which we all know is important. But again, having these draft picks, and then they, they don't see the field. Like we saw what Miles Sanders offered to us 
we drafted him in the second round. He was the most explosive player on the Eagles roster last year as a second yes. round pick. You had you had Dillard, who sat the bench pretty much the whole year. He didn't contribute. Like we need to get contributions from our draft picks in the first, you know, first second round. Those are guys that contribute all across the league. What are we doing? Like. What are we doing over here? We, let, what, let, it, let, it, let's ta- let's take a look. Let's run them down. The second round picks, recent second round picks: Miles Sanders, Dallas Goddard, Sidney Jones. Uh, no second round pick of 2007. Eric Rowe, uh, Jordan Matthews. G- granted, not great, but hey, second round pick. He's he's contributing. Uh, Zach Ertz. Are you kidding me? Michael Kendricks, Vinnie Curry, guys that saw the field. Uh, th- th- these are individuals that are contributing to, to Super Bowls. These are individuals that are contributing on the field. These are individuals that are contributing right away to put your team in a position to win. Like, that. that's what I don't get about this pick. If this... He, I'm, I'm going to bring this up. Either way, Howie Roseman and the Philadelphia Eagles are wrong. This is the situation that they've put themselves in. Nobody else... This is the situation that they've put themselves in. Either way, you are wrong. So if you're wrong about this pick, that means Carson Wentz remains healthy, remains the franchise quarterback uh, of the Philadelphia Eagles well into his 30. Jalen Hurts never sees the field, never presents that value that you could then use him as some sort of fucking draft asset like you're the 76ers and trust your own process and trade him off for some more draft you know, draft assets or, or, or draft value. That means you were wrong. If Carson Wentz remains healthy and remains the franchise quarterback, that means you were completely wrong about this pick. If you were right about this pick, and, and Jalen Hurts becomes the quarterback, develops into the next quarterback of the Philadelphia Eagles, a pro bowler, a guy that you build your franchise around and that leads you to the playoffs. Guess what? That means you were wrong about Carson Wentz. You were wrong about letting Nick Foles walk. You were wrong about giving that, him that contract. You were wrong about trying to build him up as the franchise quarterback. You were wrong about building that your team around him. You were wrong. Either way, this basically this draft pick means that you were either wrong about the pick or you were wrong about Carson Wentz. And I never thought I'd see myself in a position where I am less concerned about missing on a pick and more concerned about the, the ripple effect and the long-term effect in the locker room, in the organization, and to your franchise quarterback, the effect that this will have on the organization. Honestly, this isn't a short-term thing. You miss on a second-round pick, you miss on a second-round pick. This is going to stick with the Eagles and be an issue with the Eagles for the next three fucking years, dude. Yeah, I mean, it, and, and if you try to spin this, you're just like talking about QB factor, even, even just saying that. So that means... You'd have to be a QB factor. You'd have to get this guy some playing time. Only way you get this guy playing time is when Carson goes down with the injury. So if you're not expecting Carson Wentz to go down with injury, but you're you're you you might be putting that out there, but you're the mixed messages you're sending to Carson is like, yeah, we're we're not we're not trusting that you can stay healthy. Um, but then looking in the locker room, the locker room is like, all right, well, are they trying are they trying to win now? I mean, because you easily, easily can get a veteran quarterback off the street to come in and give you some experience. Sure. 
sure. I mean, the second I, what's what's, uh, I mean, and we're we're all trying to make sense of the trade while it's happening. We're all looking at each other like, dude, are they trying to package him in a trade to maybe Jacksonville for try to get Yannick and throwing it in some picks and make it make it make sense? But like with the with the players on the board in the second round, like even if you wanted to just move up. Move up to grab some, some players. You you could have. You could have. We have three fourth round picks. I mean, <laughs> you could have moved know. up and, and, and got uh, Antoine Fit Winfield, a uh, Grant Delpit. Uh, uh, we're talking about safety uh, players that were on the board in the second round. And, uh, I mean, uh, it, it's it, man. I'll, I'll I'll circle back around. I try to sell myself on the idea, even if I don't agree with the idea, even if I don't like the idea, I try to sell myself on it. So I, I take a look, Gail, you previously mentioned the Kevin Cobb thing. I say, maybe this is a Kevin Cobb situation. And then I remember that when Kevin Cobb was drafted, Donovan McNabb was what, 33? So he was in the twilight of his career, more specifically the twilight of his career with the Philadelphia Eagles. And what that ended up doing is basically saying to Donovan McNabb, that we don't believe in you anymore, that we're getting ready to move on from you pretty soon. That's what it spelled it out to Donovan McNabb. And lo and behold, when he got benched against the Baltimore Ravens, what did the Philadelphia Eagles and Jeffrey Lurie have to do? They had to basically issue Donovan McNabb a financial apology. Remember that story? The financial yep. apology of drafting a quarterback and benching him against the or benching you against the Baltimore Ravens to put the kid in, and it didn't work. So, okay. I can understand that. At least the Kevin Cobb thing, while shocking and we were all taken back and we were all wondering what the hell's going on, especially with the fact that you're trained with the Dallas Cowboys, you could at least understand the theory behind it. Carson Wentz is 27 years old. You've got quarterbacks like Drew Brees. You've got quarterbacks like Tom Brady in the league playing well into their 30s. So assuming he stays healthy, is it a stretch to think that Carson Wentz is going to be the quarterback of the Philadelphia Eagles when he's 30 years old? No. And as a second round pick, when is this guy's contract going to be up? You know, are you going to, are you going to sign him the franchise quarterback money? If 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 so so okay, so that theory goes right out the window. That I keep trying to sell myself on the idea and I can't do it. Is it okay? Say they're drafting him to package him for picks. You saw Howie Roseman and Doug Peterson after yeah. uh, after the pick was made on uh, ESPN, all smiles and high fiving each other. This is the guy that they wanted. Yo, and that's the that's the part where it even hurt more to me. I was like, I was like, I'm looking at the screen. I'm like, yo, why are they fucking smiling, dude? Like, Eagles Eagles Nation right now is falling apart at the seams right now, and we're watching you smile about. I mean, they talk about, you know, best player available, but I don't believe he was the best player available. I mean, you, you, we're trying to make make sense of it, and you can't, man. You can't. And it almost kind of makes me think about what's going on behind the scenes. We're not privy to a, conversations that are held behind doors. And that's what... It makes what... me think, I don't know, I don't, I don't, I don't know as much as I thought I knew about the uh, behind this, behind the door scenes um, with this pick, because it makes no sense to me. And the, the fact that they're out here, PR team is ready to go, man. They are ready to go. They're ready to go with statements. Howie's ready to. It doesn't make any sense. And I feel I do. What I do feel bad for is Jalen Hurts. You know, he, right. he's a he's a developmental guy. Yeah, 
and he's 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 he's, he's got some talent, you know, like he's but you just throw he he's he's taking the brunt of this right now. I mean, and he's just a young player who just got drafted. Fam, yeah, he's excited to be in the NFL. I feel I feel bad for him because it's not about it's not about him. It's about the selection of a quarterback when you have a, a franchise guy in Carson Wentz. Gale, is, I, I I couldn't agree with you more. I couldn't agree with you more. As far as you know, we're sitting here talking about what it means to the organization. We're talking about what it means to Carson Wentz. Let's take a moment and think about what it means to this kid. Here he is, about to be get drafted, uh, you know, second-round pick. But, you know, as a second-round pick, you are drafted to basically look at any second-round pick drafted, right? Even Geno Smith, go, you know, going to the Jets. Eventually, you are drafted at that position in that round to become the heir apparent to being a starting quarterback. He's thinking he's going to go to an organization that in, that in a couple – yeah, sure, he might have to sit a year behind a veteran quarterback, but he knows eventually he's going to get the keys to the Lamborghini and go ahead and go do it. He's going to get the keys to the castle. He's the heir apparent. Not a first-round pick. Okay, but you're a second-round pick. All of a sudden, he gets drafted by the Philadelphia Eagles. Th- think how much of a competitor this guy is. Think about the programs that he's played under. Think about the he, he's had to sit the bench and not bitch about it, but then, you know, went went somewhere else. You know what I mean? Th- think think about everything that this kid has been through. He's a his dream, his NFL football dream is about to come true, and then he gets drafted by the Philadelphia Eagles and goes, "Yeah, wait, what? Carson but Carson Wentz is the quarterback. You just gave that guy that contract." What 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 am I a gadget guy to you? Is that how you see me? I'm a gadget guy to you. I'm gonna see maybe twelve snaps a game at the, at, at, at some sort of gadget quarterback. Am I a developmental guy to you? Am I a trade piece to you? Am I a pawn for you to maybe flip me to a first round pick in a couple years? What 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 am I to you? I can't be the future. Carson Wentz is the future. I can't be developmental because I'm never gonna see any field time to be to prove myself as a draft asset unless oh by the way my teammate. Gets hurt. If you're Jalen Hurts, how do you feel about this? Yeah, I, I, I I'm thinking like, you know, he, he, Lincoln Riley has has some RPO, um, you know, plays um, that probably Doug may might have implemented in, into the office. Maybe they see him as a a potential player to actually, you know, like you think about our backup quarterbacks. Um, do they do they offer that element if in case Carson Wentz goes down to run the RPO game to a you know a T? That's the only thing that I'm you know I'm trying I'm here trying to make sense of it. Um, they feel like they don't have a quarterback behind Carson Wentz that can run the offense if he goes down um, to the, to the way that they want and bring mobility to the game uh, to their offense. Um, but it's, it's again, like I said, you, there's like look at look at when look at when the Cowboys look look when the Cowboys had Tony Romo, and they drafted Dak. Where they where do they draft Dak? Third. What, fourth round. Was he third I mean, or fourth? This this is what they're this is where that's where you get developmental quarterbacks. Yeah. You don't and, you don't waste your second round pick on, on a, a, a backup quarterback. No, and and and, Fuck. and it, yeah. And again, I, I keep trying to keep trying to sell myself. Is he the heir apparent? Carson Wentz is twenty seven years old. Was he drafted as a trade piece? If he was drafted as a trade piece, just trade the fucking pick. 
You don't got to draft a kid and then try to trade him. All right, well, maybe he's a developmental draft asset where you want to be this quarterback uh, factory where you're flipping assets, right? You're, you're, you're buying low and, and, and selling high. Okay, well, he's a second-round pick. I agree with you 100%, Gail. Like, if he's a third, fourth, fifth, sixth-round pick and you hit on a quarterback where you can develop the guy to prove himself and to be a starter – Okay, great. You're, uh, that means you need a return on your investment. You need it. Okay, so this was a second round pick. Are you trying to flip him for a first? The only way you're going to flip a quarterback for a first round pick in this day and age in the NFL is if he has some sort of look at Jimmy Garoppolo, look at Matt Schaub. The only way that you're able to flip a second round pick into a first round pick is if uh, if, if your quarterback gets hurt and this guy sees playing time. So again, you're betting against yourself. You're betting, and either way, you're wrong. If you're right about Jalen, you were wrong about Carson. If you were right about Carson, you were wrong about Jalen. The only way you're going to get a return of, on investment in Hurts is if Carson Wentz gets Hurts, or you're able to, he gets hurt, recovers, and then you're able to. None of this fucking makes sense. No. None, none of this fucking makes sense. Yeah. I'll, I'll add another layer on top of this, right? I was thinking about this on the, on the, on the drive over. I'll add another layer. What if this kid is good? And I know you're going to say he is good. He, he's, he's got production at the college level and big programs. But no, 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 no. What I'm saying is what if, what if he's like really good, all right? And all of a sudden we start applying the same Greg Ward philosophy to Jalen Hurts. Because we all said, said that. Why is Mac Hollins on the field? Why is J.J. Ortega-Whiteside on the field? Wouldn't you put the guy in practice who's killing it, who your own teammates are telling you, like, like Malcolm Jenkins is saying Greg Ward needs to see time? We had this discussion last year. And my answer to that was, well, they got draft picks. They have draft stock invested in guys like Mac Hollins and guys like J.J. Ortega-Whiteside. And they want to be right about the guy. That's why they're not putting Greg Ward on the field. But the argument was, if Greg Ward is outplaying everybody in practice, he should be the guy seeing the field. And I completely understand that. What if Jalen Hurts is good? And I'm not saying just good. What if he's good, good? And then all of a sudden he starts outperforming Carson Wentz in practice, outperforming him in training camp, outperforming him during practices in the season. Wouldn't you then have an expectation? Aren't you then having the rest of your team looking at practice? They know what's up and saying, oh my God, Hertz is killing it, but Carson Wentz maybe is struggling. And then are you going to put Hertz in? Yeah. If you think about Bill Walsh and what he did with bringing in Steve Young, when you had one of the greatest quarterbacks in Joe Montana um, to create that atmosphere of intense competition, um, someone to really light a fire, like it, like again, trying to make sense of this. Mm-hmm. When you bring it in Jalen Hurts, are you essentially putting there to put a quality guy behind Carson Wentz to push him, to make him competitive, to light a fire under him? Like, what does that like? I mean, like again, Bill Walsh, one of the greatest football minds in the, in the game in the NFL, he was like switching in Steve Young with Joe Montana, and Joe it drove Joe Montana absolutely crazy. We 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 heard yeah we heard Carson Wentz talk about the feeling of when he was in there to play and watching Nick Foles do what he did and that sense of you know competitiveness and how upset he was even though we won a Super Bowl 
but that intense passion of Carson Wentz, knowing that you know he's watching his backup put in work. And I, and so, I and I feel you get that. You know that's an excellent point. That's an excellent point uh, historically. Bringing up you know Bill Walsh and Joe Montana and Steve Young and trying to apply it to this situation. Again, here here's here's where our, uh, I'll count, counter it. And I know right now we're just reaching for straws, right? We're just reaching <laughs> oh, for straws. Yeah. Oh, man, we're, we're we're digging back into the '80s trying to find answers as to what they're doing in 2020. But here's what I'll, what I'll say about that: If Carson Wentz needs a guy to push him to make sure that he performs the way he's supposed to perform, what the hell does that say about Carson Wentz? If the Philadelphia Eagles need to invest the second-round pick in order to motivate you to do the right things on the field, what the fuck does that say? Again, either way, you're wrong. You're wrong about Hurts or you're wrong about Carson. Either way, you're wrong. Enough or nothing. Go ahead. Go ahead. ahead. You you could have got him... You're looking at Carson. Hey, we could have got you another weapon in the second round. Mims is sitting on the board, or you know what we're gonna do for you? We're gonna get your backup to compete with you. What the? What, what, what kind of what kind of message does that send to you? I mean, I don't Man, know. Man, this, this COVID nineteen's got everybody fucking acting kooky dooky. You know, this... and we we've we've been quarantined. I think we've been quarantined so much. That we're 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 so invested, and it gives us all something to focus on. But for us to have to focus and wait all year, months and months and months, for this to happen, you know, it, it's that's the disheartening part. You know, I, I just thought, I just thought, I, I just really, I thought they would do something with that second round pick, man. I mean, that's valuable. And when you talk about if if they didn't move up in the first round, and the second round pick was on the table, uh. You know, and you're gonna tell me that you couldn't have given up second round pick now. That that I think that will fire up a lot of fans saying that you could have gave that second round pick because you're not gonna use that second round pick in theory. Oh, you're you're one hundred healthy, right? right? You're hundred. You could have used right. that second round pick and moved up and got a, even a, a one of the elite wide receivers if if that was the case. And, but, and, and 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 that rips open. That rips open. The wound for the first round pick, and listen, I I have no problem with who the Eagles selected in the first round. My philosophy on draft picks is is, is Gales. If Gales happy, I'm happy, and you seemed happy with the first round pick. But it did sting to see a guy like C.D. Lamb, you know Jerry Jones sitting there in his all white room on his private yacht, sitting there by himself. We're all praying that he's going to fuck up this draft because he doesn't have anybody around him to kick him underneath the table to tell him otherwise. And then a dude like C.D. Lamb just falls in his lap, just accidentally falls in his yeah. lap, and we're sitting there going, Howie. How did you not trade up? How did you not trade up for rugs? How did you not trade up for this guy? You take a look at DeAndre Hopkins in that trade. You know what I mean? Where where still Houston did not get a first round pick for DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, You start looking at all these things. And if the Eagles want to take the approach that, listen, we're trying to have our draft assets for guys, the draft guys to surround Carson Wentz, surround him with weapons, cheap young talent that are going to make an immediate impact and that Carson Wentz can grow with. Okay, that's fine. It is. It rips open every wound of every player that we missed out on when you take a developmental quarterback in the second round who's not going to see the field for three years unless unless your first guy gets hurt. Unless the first guy gets hurt. It, it makes absolutely no sense to me. And this is where I draw the line in the sand. 
Gail, you and I on this show have gone back and forth, back and forth about Howie Roseman, and I've been a Howie apologist. I've been a Howie stan. I've pointed the fingers at guys like Joe Douglas and said, it's not Howie's fault, it's his fault. For every negative piece of Howie crap that has been thrown in my face, I have reached back and defended the guy, reached back to 2017 and taken a look at those free agents and taken a look at those veteran guys who he put on cheap contracts and taken a look at when they drafted Carson Wentz and the, and the double jump, that, which was which was unheard of at the time. I've taken, I've reached back and, and defended Howie Roseman time and time and time again, even in the face of albatross contracts, like the Alshon Jeffrey thing, even in the face of drafting a guy like Clayton Thorson and having him released before he can even make the active roster and then sign with the Dallas Cowboys. I, I've, I've taken his drafts and forgiven all of it. This is my line in the sand. If this doesn't work out, Howie Roseman has nobody to blame but himself. Howie Roseman will have nobody to blame but take a look in the mirror. Howie Roseman will be the guy who basically signed his own walking papers. Because if Jalen, the first Jalen doesn't work out, and you take a look at Jefferson, a guy that was picked immediately after him, then that's on you, Howie. That's on you. You can't blame anybody else. You can't blame the COVID. You can't blame nothing. That's on you. If the second Jalen doesn't work out, you've got nobody to blame but yourself. And even if the second Jalen works out, even if Jalen Hurst works out, everything you've done for Carson Wentz, again, you're wrong. You've put yourself in a position, you've pinned yourself in a corner where either way, you're wrong and you've got nobody to blame but yourself. The long-term effect of this second round pick far exceeds, hey, we missed on J.J. Ortega Whiteside in the second round. We took a shot, we thought he was the guy, and he's not. This goes way beyond a second round pick like Eric Rowe where, hey, we had a def- we had a need at cornerback, we took a shot, it didn't work out. Whether you miss or don't miss on this pick is inconsequential. The ripple effect of you taking a quarterback at, when you have a 27-year-old franchise quarterback, Pro Bowl quarterback, who's just off of getting paid, this ripple effect will be felt for years. This is historic right now, Eagles fans. I don't want to go... Eagles Nation has a tendency to overblow things and fly off the handle and make a big deal out of things that aren't big deals. Take a look at Andre Dillard this offseason and everything that's been said about Andre Dillard. This is not one of those situations. This is a this is a situation where we will go back and look at and revisit and analyze and talk about for the next two decades. And I'm not exaggerating when I say that. Now this this is a selection that will be talked about for years on years and years. Um, you know, I, I, you know when we're watching the draft, you know when you, you know for the draft Knicks out there who really are out there like digging in on these players and stuff. When you and you have guys that you really love and stuff, and then um, and you get the gut feeling when you feel like you've been wrong because a pick has been doesn't make sense. I mean, it this doesn't make sense to draft Knicks. Doesn't make sense to the the everyday fan. It doesn't make sense to a lot of people. Um, but usually when I get that gut feeling, man, it's not good. Picks haven't worked out when I've had this gut feeling. I just it- feel like. Over the, you know, you've always talked about draft picks being gold bullion and mm. just seeing what, you know, 
a fourth round pick of Gennard Avery. Have we made sense of what Gennard Avery is is playing in place? Um, the third round pick for Golden Tate, um, and they couldn't utilize him or make it work. Um, you know, some of the picks over the last couple drafts, you know, Sharif Miller um, hasn't really given you much yet. Um, uh, I, I, again, I, Clayton Thorson. Like, yeah. Yep. These picks in the middle round, like, you know, you know, Josh Sweat, is, he, he, he's contributed a little bit. Um, I mean, just you start, it makes you start looking at analyzing all these picks and, and what, what they've been doing with these picks. Um, and you're just like, all right. Like, how does how does this make sense moving forward? Um, we've always we've always talked about Howie glowingly about how he is with the cap, how he is managing the cap. But in terms of being a draft draft guy and, and bringing talent in, um, you're in control of the board, dude. Um, and, and these guys that are coming in, uh, and it's 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 just a I don't, it's it's weird, man. It's weird how one pick can throw an entire fan base off the edge, man. It doesn't right? take much to, to, to throw this yeah. entire fan base off the edge, but in this situation, <laughs> it's com- for the PR people, dude. It, it's it's completely warranted. How 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 is how is it not? And not for nothing. Watching those press conferences last night, you told you said like, all right, it seemed like the PR team was ready. It seemed like they had their stock answers ready. I don't. To me, it came across differently. It came across like they know that this was going to rile up some people, but they didn't think it was going to have the reaction that 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 it had. I mean, all the beat reporters that, uh, during the press conferences were asking the same questions that you could see scrolling across the timeline. What the fuck? Like, what does it say about? What does it say to Carson? What? And they almost seemed like kind of surprised at the questions. How he had this snarky little look on his face and it was playing like he couldn't he couldn't hear the questions. Like, like he was kind of shocked that people were were perplexed by this move, and then gave us the quarterback factory fucking line. Are you fucking? Si- by the way, I'm thinking about making T-shirts that say quarterback factory now. Yeah, that that go over well. I, I think <laughs> someone might buy Philadelphia quarterback factory. Uh, it, just the fact that when I'm I'm going back to Tim Tim Kincaid and when he was sitting there like he said Jalen Hurts, I was like, dude, it's so bad that you like. Yeah, that's that's fake, dude. They would never do that. And they and did the it. The fact that it was truth. Oh, it's like, dude, really? This is insane, man. This is really insane. Gail, um, Gail, before we before we let you go, because I know you got to fire up the live stream for the remaining rounds of the draft. And by the way, you've been doing a phenomenal job of, of broadcasting the live stream on multiple platforms and really kind of rotating in a lot of guests, not only the fourth and John writers who have been doing a fantastic job during this time, but also just listeners of the show, regulars of the show, uh, people having the opportunity to interact with fourth and John uh, across YouTube, across Facebook, across Twitter. You've done a phenomenal job with that. So uh, I know I got to let you go so you can set that up for today. But before I do, let me ask you this. Is there any way that the Eagles quote-unquote, salvage this draft? Is there anything they can do with those three fourth-round picks to all of a sudden lessen the impact? And I know we're in the fourth round here, so you're not looking for impact guys at this point, but is there anything that they can do to kind of take the sting out of that second-round pick and the shock out of it? I mean, they they just have to be... Like, this is an opportunity to, like, 
you, if you can kill the fourth round um, and, and get some some players in here, uh, that's the only way you can salvage things. Um, and you know, like, you know, there are some guys out there, uh, Tyler Johnson from Minnesota, uh, Darnay Holmes from UCLA, cornerback, um, Khalid Kareem, another def- defensive end. Uh, you know, a, a, like a, guys to develop maybe a Donovan Peoples Jones. I'm not super high on, but we're we're talking fourth round here. Um, it's you know you can get possibly some uh, some late round late round tackles. Uh, I mean mid round tackles. Um, I just think they just they got to They just really have to like kill these four these three picks. Like you have two picks back to back in the fourth round. So they just gotta really kill it and there's no other way around it like if you miss on these next three picks yeah and uh, like and like you said if you miss on the next three picks we're talking about the fourth round here like you where, own where the fourth round yeah you yeah, have three picks you're talking about the fourth round here where at this point in the draft if you get a starter hey great but what you're really looking at is quality depth slash special teams play right that's that should be the expectation with a fourth round pick a guy who's going to see the field and a lit you're not if you get a starter at this point hey great but really you're looking to for depth you're looking for developmental guys you're looking for guys that are going to take two to three years to maybe develop into a starter role you're looking for quality backup you're looking for special teams right at, the, at this point in the draft asking them to hit on every single pick in the fourth round, when Howie Roseman has a tennis has has a history of not hitting on any of these fucking picks, take a look at Donnell Pumphrey, take a look at Mac Hollins. He talked about make. If I gotta hear Howie Roseman say the phrase "making hay" again, I'm gonna punch a hole through a wall. But they put them again. They've cornered themselves. But, yeah, uh, yeah. Go ahead. But but by 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 making that second round selection. That has shock waves. That has ripple effect because now they've cornered themselves in a position in the later rounds of the draft with multiple picks that you ha- now have to really hit on every single one of these picks to make up for that second round pick. I- I'd love for them to get a cornerback um, ASAP to bring in. Uh, Amik Robinson has been getting a lot of attention from the Eagles, but he's a smaller corner. You, you know, you thought. Uh, Thought Avante was small. Uh, this guy's five eight, but he's he's a he's a scrapper though. Um, um, yeah, I think you just got to bring in another cornerback to in, in this room to really uh, develop as well. Damn. Damn. Well, we're gonna be doing a uh, complete post draft breakdown where we bring in the writers and yourself and really kind of analyze the pick. But obviously, with this shockwave that happened last night, I woke up in the morning, I'm staring at the ceiling, and I'm still not making any sense of it. I went to sleep, woke up feeling the same way that I went to sleep, and I know a lot of people out there in Eagles Nation are, so we wanted to put together this little emergency podcast today to just kind of talk it out, man. To just kind of talk it out with you, hopefully... Uh, this has been a little bit of therapy for the listeners out there. I know you're not walking away from this podcast with any more answers than you had walking into it, but perhaps you know you got a chance to get it, like hear us get it off our chest and see where we're coming from. And I'm sure there's a lot of Eagles fans that can relate out there. So we will see you at the end of the draft. Uh, we, it'll probably end up on 102.5 Fox the Gambler. We'll be analyzing all the picks with Ga- Mr. Gail Saunders, Eagle Sessions on Twitter, and the best of the fourth in John Riders. Until next time, let's go birds, and we will see you 
after the draft. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.